You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we take a look at trying to project where the Bengals might land as they try to cut down to 53 players on the roster and what makes it complicated. I'll give you a hint. Injuries have a lot to do with it. And then we're going to wrap up the show later on with the unfortunate news for Ken Riley, Ken Anderson, as the Pro Football Hall of Fame Seniors Committee decided to go a different direction. And hey, Geno Atkins out there in Seattle taking a visit recently. Maybe he is the next Bengal in or maybe it's Willie Anderson. We'll talk about that to wrap up the show. The disappointment coupled with looking ahead to who might be next. But James, let's start with the 53-man roster. And we'll go offense, then defense, as we often do. And what we've done to prepare for this is we've set up a 53-man roster kind of graphic that shows here are the potential cuts. Here are the guys that are going to make it complicated. And those are the ones that might have to go to the IR. And James, let's start with the offense. I think one thing we've talked about quite a bit is who's going to be wide receiver six. I think you and I agree that six wide receivers makes the most sense for this team, especially after Joseph Osai's injury. It could have been seven, in my opinion, if Joseph Osai were healthy, but we'll talk about kind of the knock-on effects that some of these injuries have. It's between Stanley Morgan, Trent Taylor, Trenton Irwin for that final spot. And as you can see from the blue color here, these are the guys that are fringe roster candidates right now. There's three of them at the wide receiver position. And you look in that top left, currently listed, there are 59 players here, James, which means out of all of these players, you need to find six cuts. And the reason for that, one of the big reasons for that is because Hakeem Adenogy and Joseph Osai are likely going to have to be carried to the 53-man roster so that they can be set to the IR with the possibility of returning after they get healthy. And that's kind of the elephant in the room right now as we record this on Tuesday evening. Has Joseph Osai had surgery? Do they project him to be out for the season? Because if so, and I don't want that to be the case, by the way, but if so, that does essentially free up a spot because you can put him on injured reserve before cutdowns, which would be huge in a way because then you can keep one of these guys instead of moving on from them and hoping to bring them back after cutdown day next week. So uh, you're right, by the way, at the wide receiver spot. It's it's a battle between those three guys, but if you ask some – that, that cover the Bengals, they think that Mike Thomas could be on the bubble as well. Me personally, I think Thomas has shown enough in practice, shown enough these past couple of games as a receiver. And even in individual drills, I watch Joe Burrow likes him because he slides over and throws to Thomas. So I think Thomas is in, and, and we know his relationship with Zach Taylor as well, but some think not so much. So maybe this is a four-man battle for two spots or a four-man battle for three spots. To me, it's six receivers. You got the practice squad call-ups, things like that. I get it. You know, Trent Irwin is a guy that uh, a lot of people have have liked. Heck, I listened to his interview with Dan Hort. It was pretty good. He's an entertaining dude. I think you can sneak him onto the practice squad. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, four-man battle right now for two spots. 
You've seen the Bengals get Stanley Morgan onto the practice squad the last couple of years. He's ended Mm -hmm. up coming up and playing on the 53-man at times. You could see that again, certainly. You could also see Trenton Irwin get to the practice squad. And a lot of people, when I posted my initial idea of I don't think Trent Taylor is making the team, he's not on my current 53-man roster because to me there was all this hype around him early in camp. And then he he hasn't done anything in the games. And so I don't know. It sounds like the hype has died down in practice a little bit. I haven't heard his name as much in the last, I'd say, five practices or so. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's not doing anything in practice. I'm sure he's still a fine player. But without continuing to stand out, I think that I don't, I don't know if he's done enough to make it right. Darius Phillips seems to be the clear preference at punt returner right now. And they do need a guy behind him just as you need a backup slot receiver, which is where it likely comes down to Taylor and Irwin. Although Morgan Stanley Morgan, sorry, did get some snaps in the slot. He's had about eight or nine snaps in the slot this preseason. So they're working in there to see if he can do that job, I think. And we mentioned yesterday, James, that Morgan was out there with the first team on one snap when Jamar chase wasn't on the field against the Washington football team, it was a running play. So I don't know, again, if that means anything, but some difficult decisions there. And part of the reason for that, like we mentioned with Joseph Osai, is Hakeem Adenergy also with the torn pectoral from, what, about a month ago now, maybe more than that at this point? More than that, yeah, more than that. Yeah, is probably another guy that they're going to want to get onto the regular season IR so he has a chance to return if he does get healthy later in the year because we all know how attrition tends to affect the offensive line at some point in NFL seasons. And it's always nice to have that depth, but that takes us to the other potential cut candidates. I think on this roster, some people think Xavier Suofilo's spot isn't safe. And I could actually see a world where they pull a Michael Johnson kind of deal with Suofilo and say, Hey, we need to release you so that we can get these guys onto the IR. We'll bring you back in two days. But I wonder if it's Suofilo or if it's somewhere else, you look at the tight end position, still a competition there. We've got the two guys that you and I think are the top two candidates for that position. I think you think it's Moss. I think from what I've seen on the field, it's Shrek. But it could be that Moss's connection to Joe Burrow is enough. And then the other one is Jacquez Patrick. Do they carry four running backs? If they do, I think he's a clear favorite over Travion Williams because he's played really well in preseason. But I'm not sure that they'll, they're going to feel like they need to carry four. And that's one of the many dilemmas, right? Are they going to carry four running backs? Are they going to carry a seventh wide receiver? By the way, I just want to make a quick note before we get completely uh, away from it. Trent Irwin was returning punts the other day in practice with Trent Taylor, with Darius Phillips. So just something to to consider there, maybe trying to, to work his way into the mix there is that backup punt returner. But yeah, it's it's crazy because to me, if you're the Bengals, you have to figure out what guys can you sneak by? Can you just make a handshake deal with Xavier Sufilo and say, hey, look, we're going to bring it back. And heck, he may be the starter. So we're going to bring it back and you're going to start at right guard for us. But can you do us this solid so we can sneak a chemodenergy on injured reserve? And look, they've done it in the past. I could totally see that being the case, even if he is a starter, by the way. Like, I don't think that that means much at all as far as the depth chart is concerned. But if you don't go that route, are you going to expose one of these young guys like a Patrick who 
has been tough to tackle, has flashed all the potential you want him to, but is he really going to bring it on special teams? Is he going to give you that element? And, and that's the part that I question. And the same thing goes for the tight end room. Which guy is going to be the best on special teams? And then if called upon on offense, give you the most there. And you're right. I, I Right now, today, I think it's Thad Moss. You think it's Mason Shrek. Shrek has the size advantage. I just think Moss moves so much better. And they have two guys that can block and Uzama and Sample at a high level that you can afford to go with Moss. So it's it's a bunch of dilemmas. And that's the fun part about this time of year for sure. You know, it's interesting. I think Mason Shrek is actually a much better athlete than Thaddeus Moss. And it's interesting to hear you say that you think Moss moves better. He doesn't move like him. He does way yeah. better. That's interesting. In the games, to me, Shrek looks much more natural moving, and Thaddeus Moss looks like he's running in sand. Mason Shrek at least looks like he belongs. I don't know. This is very basic level observation, not digging into it too much. And I think Mason Shrek d- did test a lot better. I don't think Moss tested Moss tested poorly, in fact. And he so did. the the things in Shrek's side of the side of the world or side of the argument or whatever are to me he has more experience in the system they've liked him for a while he just has had some injury issues and on Moss's side significant advantages well he has a Joe Burrow connection also they were not afraid to line him up at fullback on the Jacquez Patrick topic I think if they lose him I'm not too broken up about it he's looked great in the preseason he's a player that I would like for them to have his depth but the reality is Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan are going to be doing most of the work for this team. And if one of those guys gets hurt, then it's going to be Chris Evans. And I think Jacquez Patrick would have a hard time getting active in the first place. So we'll see what happens there. Would like to see them find a way to get him on the practice squad or keep him. But at the same time, you have to remember with some of these guys, these are end of the roster players who may or may not stick. Let's get into the defense where I think some more complication comes up and some more difficult decisions will have to be made coming up next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are on the gridiron. It's football season, and as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at betonline.ag. So go there now. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. That's free money. Plus, you can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between my GOAT, that's my GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25. More free money, more free money. It's only for new customers, and you got to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. James, we talked about the offense, and we've got these, what, six players in blue on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, four players in blue. There, There are four guys that I see currently that we've discussed that we see as as clear fringe roster candidates and maybe we should have included another safety here but I don't think that's a real battle I think Brandon Wilson is a clear favorite for the fourth safety job so the safety seems set to me I think the linebacker seems set and you can see the names if you're watching on YouTube so I guess we should have read some of the names that we think are locks the locks are the guys that you think are obvious locks on the offensive side of the ball we have the, the two quarterbacks of Burrow and Allen, 
We mentioned the running backs. We, we've talked about the offensive line with Suofilo being the only potential surprise cut to return. The, the five or four in wide receiver pretty well known. We talked about the other guys. On special teams, we're in agreement. There is no competition. Evan McPherson, Kevin Huber, Clark Harris. And then you get to the defensive side of the ball. The safeties look very much decided as Jesse Bates, Ricardo Allen, Von Bell, and, uh, and Wilson as the kick returner, backup, strong safety. The linebackers, again, I think are set. We just talked about this um, with Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis-Gaither, uh, Marcus Bailey, and Jordan Evans, who appears to currently be the starting nickel linebacker. And then we get to the questions, right? And so the first question is really six corner, but to you and I, we're both in the same boat where Jalen Davis is the clear favorite right now for the six corner job. He's in blue as a potential roster bubble guy on our sheet. If you're watching on YouTube, because I wonder if they will have to cut him to make room for one of these IR guys and then try to bring him back. I wonder if they will have to expose him or, or try to wave him and bring him back or get him onto the practice squad at first and then bring him back because they need to get these guys onto the 53 that are hurt. And here's the strategy with this and I think you can do it I think well I guess he could still get claimed but look Jalen Davis just wants to be on the same team for back-to-back years he said that he's made that known so you could kind of say look we're bringing you back you've made the team you're gonna make the roster we have to do this this is strictly a procedural move I guess a team could still swoop in though and so that would be the dangerous part it's not like he can say no it's not like he's made it to the practice squad and can turn down the offer and so he would be subject to waivers and that's that's kind of scary considering that the Bengals really like their cornerback depth. And when you look at Davis and the improvement he's made, if he's the weak link in that cornerback room, that's a pretty good sixth corner and weak link to have, right? So you feel much better about the depth there. So I wonder if they do risk it. They kept six corners last year to start. At this point, Jake, today, I would be surprised. If they moved on from Davis, I think they would try to find it somewhere else, whether it is a Xavier Suofilo, like you mentioned, or another veteran or something like that, where they had this handshake agreement where they're not subject to waivers. They can just go to their apartment or house in Cincinnati for a couple of days and then re-sign with the team. And it's strictly a procedural move. Another candidate for this is probably Eli Apple, who hasn't yeah. been on the field very much in the preseason. I think he's on track to play this week, this Sunday against Miami, if nothing else comes up. So he will probably get some playing time at that point. But I do think Eli Apple could be another uh, cut and return candidate, which apparently we have to find a few of here because like we said, there there's out of all the fringe guys that we think there's six cuts to make. The most crowded position on the roster is the edge position, the I don't know what they're really called. They're defensive ends, and sometimes they stand up now because Lou Anarumo is doing some some three, four stuff. So we'll just call them edge players. And the locks, I think, are Cam Sample, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. I think Joseph Osai, unless they have a very, very clear idea of his prognosis after he has that surgery, is going to go to the 53 so they can potentially bring him back late in the season. And then in order to have a actual roster of guys to play they're going to need a couple more guys here they just signed Noah Spence there's Khaled Kareem who's back at practice and there's preseason darling and training camp darling Darius Hodge and 
I think there's a world where you could argue that all these guys should make the team. But from a numbers perspective, at least at first, they won't all make it onto that initial 53. No, they won't. And it's going to be tough because a guy like Noah Spence, he could go from being cut by the Saints to working out and signing with the Bengals to with a good performance this weekend, I think he could end up on the initial 53-man roster, even with everything going on. I think he could beat out Darius Hodge. Now, is it likely? I don't know. I don't know if it's likely if he makes the 53. I would probably say no because he's just got a lot of catching up to do, but I think it's possible. And I still think Hodge needs to show that he can be that fifth guy that they can keep uh, in, in not – risk losing him to waivers that's kind of what you're looking at here because i think he's put out some good tape i think fans know him and want him on the roster at the same time i remember a time when Auden tate was released after a good camp and a good preseason and still made it back to the practice squad so there might be one of these cuts where it's like oh my god you let go of hodge and then he makes his way back to paul brown stadium so that that's uh it's going to be a tough decision there and how many do you keep Jake if you know Osai is is going on IR, right? And you're just putting him on the 53. I imagine he's one of the five that you keep. They only kept four last year, by the way, initially. So he's one of the five that you keep, and then you bring one of these guys back. So who's who's on the outside looking in, and uh, and who gets brought back? Is it a defensive end or edge player, like you said, or is it? Uh, another one of these guys on the roster and do they just stick with four which again last year they only had four uh yeah after they went past cut down day and and it will be very interesting because they could just say you know what all tight ends that aren't uzama or sample we're gonna we're gonna have to cut all of you to make this work and, and if, put some them on the practice claimed, if some of you get claimed if some of you get claimed good luck best of luck and and <laughs> You know, we'll, we'll get our we'll we'll have our list of preferences for tight ends that we want to bring bring back. If it's Thaddeus Moss, if it's Mason Shrek, and we'll get the best guy we can. But it it'll be very interesting to say the least. I, I think that Noah Spence is actually a prime candidate for if they like him to cut him and bring him back. He hasn't been there for that long. Clearly, mm-hmm. there wasn't a, a massive demand for his services as he worked out in Cincinnati and signed. I, I mean could have gone somewhere else before that happened. So I think that's one I, we, we've talked about the, the possibility for Xavier Suofila, the possibility for Jalen Davis, Eli Apple, same could go for all three of the receivers, the Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin, uh, Stanley Morgan. So th- there are a lot of options here where these are guys that are kind of fringe roster guys, where if you lose one of them, it's probably not the end of the world. And maybe they would rather lose one of those guys than Darius Hodge. What about Mike Thomas? I just yeah. thought about it. He signed yeah. a he signed a one year deal. Like he's yeah. he's got the relationship with Zach. There's trust there. I you know I think uh, his agent is you know trust the Bengals and vice versa. That might be an interesting one where it makes these people speculating about his future, right? But he also ends up on that 53 man roster when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I actually thought about that before too, and it slipped my mind until now. Really good to bring that up. The last position we haven't talked about at all are the defensive interior players, where to me it's a very clear five that should make the team. Although Tyler Shelvin has been inconsistent, let's say, in the preseason, he's, I think, going to make the team. And the starters look like they're Josh Dupo, DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi when they're in uh, three interior defensive linemen looks. And then at 
the backup backing them up will be Mike Daniels and Tyler Shelvin. I don't think all those guys are necessarily active every game day, but I think that the defensive interior at this point, barring injury, is very clear. Coming up next, James, Ken Riley and Ken Anderson will be getting in to the Bengals' ring of honor. We've talked about the depth chart. We'll take the graphic down, and we'll talk about the news today from the seniors' committee where they chose to not go with one of the Kens. That's coming up next. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? Of course you did if you listen to Locked On Bengals because we talk about it all the time. Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet, and I love them. Not only are they covered in 100% chocolate and they taste amazing, but the macros. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. So whether it's the double chocolate or the peanut butter brownie or the mint brownie or the raspberry or the coconut almond, there's something for everyone at BuiltBar.com. So go there now, check them out. And when you go to make that first purchase, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, save 15% at BuiltBar.com with promo code LOCKED15. I could use a Built Bar right about now, James, because I was hungry for one of the Bengals' Kens to get into Canton and the senior committee, unfortunately, on Tuesday, going another way, going not with one of the Bengals and the wait for the Kens continues. And I guess for this year, Joe Goodberry made a good point about this. The attention can shift to advocacy for Willie Anderson because he still has a chance this year. Next year, we can get back on the Ken train and try to get them back onto the senior committee. Hopefully, one of the nine people pictured in the Zoom picture of the senior committee having their meeting and deciding on who they're going to put in won't consist of someone who openly advocated on social media for Joe Burrow to not play for Cincinnati to avoid ruining his career in a bad franchise and get some of that anti-Bengals bias off of the senior committee. The good news, of course, James, that we discussed is that the Ring of Honor induction will happen. And so at least, you know, for Ken Riley's family, for Ken Anderson, they will have a moment this year in Cincinnati where they will be honored for their careers. It's unfortunately not the Pro Football Hall of Fame that we were looking for that I know, you know, Bengal Jim's group and the Bengals Hall of Fame group has really been pushing for. I know they're disappointed today, as are we, as are you probably listening, but at least the ring of honor is coming for sure. And I, I gotta be honest. I look, is it disappointing? Yes. Was I surprised? Not really. And I just wasn't expecting it, I guess. And I was hoping to be surprised, right? And Oh, both Ken's are in the Ken's are in double dipping, you know, Bengals ring of honor pro football hall of fame. What well, was not shock though. And, and it is unfortunate. And it, you, you can't help, but think, that there is that bias, right? And it it really stinks. And I really don't know if Willie Anderson's going to get in, right? He should, like, I think talent wise, he should. I think, um, you know, he did everything he needed to as an individual player to get into the pro football hall of fame at the same time. And I brought this up before Jake, you know, Geno Atkins visited Seattle on Monday and had a good workout and he didn't sign with them yet, but he might go there and reunite with Carlos Dunlap or he might go, uh, you know, play for one of these other contenders that are interested in him. I think he's going to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, he would go in as a Cincinnati Bengal. Is he the favorite? Like, if you had to put betonline.ag odds together, 
would Geno Atkins be the favorite of the the next former Bengal to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Because I, I think he might be, which is wild to me because, again, both Andersons or both Kens and then the Andersons, whatever you want to say, because they share the same names. All three of those guys should be in. And yet, I, like I said today, I was not surprised by what was a disappointing day for Bengals fans across the country and across the world. Yeah, I, I don't know if I think that Gino, it's between Gino and Willie, I think. I mean, there's a chance that the senior committee says, hey, Ken Anderson, it's your turn next year. That could happen. But Willie Anderson has made progress. He's gotten incrementally deeper on the ballot the last couple of years, and the momentum is building. Michael Strahan is a Hall of Famer and endorsed Willie for the Hall of Fame. That should help. I don't know how much it'll help, but Willie doing some self-advocacy, The this could just be the circles that we run in, right? This could be our media bubble reinforcing this idea, but it seems like there's some momentum behind Willie Anderson. That being said, I would say that Geno Atkins is heavily favored to be a Hall of Famer, like minus 1,000 or so because he was on the APL decade team. I think it was the AP. Or maybe it was a Pro Football Writers Association. I don't remember which. But regardless, you make I think it's a Pro Football Writers Association. I, either way, you make that team, that all-decade team, all but one player who's made an all-decade team is in the Hall of Fame that is eligible to be in the Hall of Fame. So Gino's going. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of, does Willie do it first? And that's where... It, it gets a little tricky, James, to make the odds because it's hard to tell how much of the momentum for Willie Anderson is just in our Bengals media bubble where, you know, we're, we're trying to get information from all sorts of NFL journalists and people that vote on this sort of thing. But, you know, inevitably we're going to get more Bengals focus in what you and I follow and what you and I see on a daily basis than maybe what the actual pro football voters, pro football Hall of Fame voters are are deciding on and the pro football hall of fame voters are actually the ones that voted for gino yeah so i, I guess that would bode well yeah that's for the connection yeah yeah you'd imagine right so hopefully um he gets in but you're right like that that's the thing is i i think he would be the favorite and that doesn't mean willie shouldn't be in or willie won't get in or willie won't get in this year i just if i had to guess look at the history and Willie's pushing, and hopefully he makes that push, much like he did at right tackle for all those years for the Bengals. You know, at, at the same time, we're probably six years out. Like, how much longer does Gino have? Another year or two? And then the five years. So we're probably six to eight years away from, from him potentially getting in. Maybe he gets in first ballot. I I think that there's a, there's a chance, which my point of this is how sad that is. We're talking about a guy that's hoping to go win a Super Bowl with whoever he signs with after a decade in Cincinnati. A guy that probably is hoping to play for a couple more years, maybe not just this year. And he might be ahead of guys like Willie Anderson, Ken Anderson, Ken Riley. And that part is the shame because it has nothing to do with Gino, really. It's just the fact of where he's at in his career versus these other guys that have really, you know, the two Ken should have been in a while ago. And Willie Anderson, it's uh tick, tick, tick. It's, it's about that time because he was eligible in 2013, 2014 in that range. I think his last year was 08. So, um, yeah, it's it's a damn shame he isn't already in as well. That's why I lean toward Willie 
to be the next, unless it's one of the senior guys who is just like, you know, flip a coin. You never know what the senior committee is going to do, I feel like. But because of the wait for Gino after he retires before he becomes eligible, that's why I lean toward Willie. Because I, I think he's trending in that direction, right? Like he made it to the semifinals last year. He he didn't quite make it to the finalist list this year. Maybe he gets to the finalist list maybe next year or this year he gets in. Or maybe it's, you know, two years or three years. But that's probably before Gino's eligible. That said, I think we'll all rejoice when the Bengals finally start to get their due and it's not another Raider or another Steeler or another whatever of these teams that are overrepresented in the Hall of Fame and we start to recognize these individual players for how great they were. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as the Bengals are back to practice preparing for their final preseason game. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.